0: Good morning, my friend. I hope you are doing well. It is early in the morning on a Saturday, 24 June 2023. It is self brain surgery Saturday. And we had an unbelievable thunderstorm out here on the river last night woke us up. It was lightning and thunder, maybe a little bit of hail. It was just crazy how powerful the weather can be out here by the river. And we got made it through. Roof seems to be intact. So I hope you're okay and dry wherever you are. And we're grateful for the rain. Of course, the farmers here in Nebraska desperately needed that, so we're glad that it happened for them. And I'm um, just praying for you. I got a prayer request on the prayer wall last night that I want to share with you real quick. Um, this is a woman. I don't know her name is Michelle. Don't know where you are, Michelle. But but here's what Michelle said, and we're going to pray for her. She says, "I have COPD. Please pray for me. I'm going through some traumatic issues." I feel violated, scared, anxious, and distraught. I'm also having muscle weakness and other things too that I don't want to mention, but God knows everything. Pray for divine healing, restoration, health mercy i'm asking for prayers god bless you amen listen that's what the prayer wall's about okay if you've got something going on in your life WLWarrenmd.com slash prayer you can put it out there and people from all over the world will pray for you you'll get an email every time somebody clicks on there and says that they're praying for you it is a great community of prayer warriors around the world and we don't even know where all the people are that are praying, but Michelle, we're going to pray for you right now. And and I'm bringing Michelle's prayer request here to you on the podcast because, number one, I want to remind you about the prayer wall. Number two, I want to ask you to pray for Michelle and for all the people out there who are struggling. And three, to remind you that people will pray for you if you've got something going on. And four, the episode we're about to get into is a great Self-Brain Surgery Saturday ab- episode because it's about a book that I read called Your Designed Body. Steve Loffman and Dr. Howard Glicksman have written a book uh, published by the Discovery Institute. And if you don't know the Discovery Institute, this is a group of real scientists, high-level scholars from across multiple disciplines who basically have formed a think tank to, to counter the idea that we're all just random accidents. This this idea of materialism and, it really just across all, not just materialism and naturalism, but but godlessness and secularism in all areas of human thought and scholarship have basically taken the stage. They've taken the microphone, and there are valid reasons, good reasons, in fact, compelling and sometimes better reasons to think that we are not random accidents and that secularism is not the, the coin of the realm that shouldn't be, that we should have Good, smart people able to grow up and understand that there are alternative ways to think that may actually be more scientifically valid and better ways to think. And so uh, I read this book called Your Designed Body, which is just a remarkable look from the systems engineering standpoint of how hard it is to be alive, how unlikely it is that something like the human body could form and replicate itself as well as it does by accident. And these two guys have written the most incredible book, and I just want to bring it to the light. And I think if you are a homeschooler or if you are in private education or if you have children who are coming up and you want to arm them to go to college in these in secular schools where they're going to get some people telling them things as if they are a fact, they're going to have some better questions to ask. And they're going to have some, be armed with some information that may be helpful to them as they go into I don't know if you remember, but medical school, for example, it was just commonly stated the human body evolved this way over millions and millions and hundreds of millions of years. And it started from this and grew into that. And that's just how it happened. And then biochemistry, but these cells evolve from these cells and these precursors and these molecules happen by random chance over hundreds of millions of years. And that's why this happens the way it does. It's just presented as fact. And I'm just here to tell you as a a trustworthy guide, you know me, you know that I'm a legitimate neuroscientist neurosurgeon, also a man of faith. And I'm telling you, that stuff is not settled science by any stretch. And scientists know it, and there's a tremendous amount of work that's being done by real scientists out there that are asking the right questions. And I just want you to be encouraged that you're not – you don't have to turn your brain off to be a Christian. You don't have to have cognitive dissonance around the idea, but yeah, I have, I have hope and I have faith and I want to believe, but at the same time, all my teachers are telling me that, that there's no God and all my, and all the smart people I know don't believe in God. You don't have to have that cognitive dissonance because the fact is there's more to the story. We had Dr. Michael Gillen on a few months ago to talk about quantum physics and astronomy and all the amazing things that are happening in science that are actually pointing back towards God. And a few months ago, I read a book called The Return of the God Hypothesis by Dr. Stephen Meyer, and it talks about this fact that when science started – It was by faithful people who said they wanted to use their brains to discover the answers to some questions so that they could bring glory to the creator by better understanding the works that he's done. And that's what science started as. Okay, The God hypothesis basically was we know that God did this. We want to understand how he did it. And over time, they got manipulated into obviously there's no God, so let's explain everything without the invocation of a supernatural being. So Stephen Meyer's book led me to the Discovery Institute. Now, their website is discovery.org. If you want to do some real reading across science and philosophy and all kinds of branches of of high-level human thought with an underpinning of understanding that there is design and there is intelligence out there beyond ours, you would do well to spend some time there but if you just want to read a book about your amazing body and get some insight and some hope based on understanding how remarkable it is and why Psalm 139 exactly 139:1 is exactly right when it says that you my friend are fearfully and wonderfully made, this book, Your Design Body, by Steve Loffman and Howard Glicksman, will help you. We had a tremendous conversation. I found their book on the Discovery website. I reached out to try to get Dr. Meyer to interview, and he's in the middle of a bunch of stuff. And the, the kind person who wrote back from the Discovery Institute said, hey, by the way, we've got some other books that you might be interested in. And one of them was Your Designed Body, and I read it. And these, I reached out, and these two gentlemen were willing to get on the podcast and talk, and, and we had a tremendous... This conversation, and so I want to give you your designed body, um, and, and just let listen to these two smart guys talk about why your body is so remarkable. There's also a video from them. It's called "A Billion Billions of Ways to Die." It's hilarious and fascinating. And I'll put that link in the show notes, and you can watch it. You should check that video out. But if you are in charge of a group of. of Homeschoolers or homeschool associations, this would be a great book to add to your curriculum. If you like my sister-in-law, if you're the headmaster of a private school, this would be a good science book for your kids to read in high school. It's a little high level for younger kids, but but you certainly could read it as a teacher and break it down and use it in your lesson planning. Um, th- this is powerful stuff, and it's important. and I think it would be tremendously valuable for you guys to add this to your training and if you just are a parent or a grandparent with younger kids coming up read it yourself and help arm those kids with good conversations about what some of the things that they're going to hear when they get into higher education and some questions that they could ask and some things they could understand to help them filter through all those things i was armed by my parents with a really healthy base of scripture to combat some of the mind control that i got in medical school and even college to some degree um, but especially medical school And it helped me maintain my faith in the midst of all that uh, quote-unquote fact that I was taught in in college and medical school. And so this will help you, your designed body. Now let's get back to Michelle. Her body is giving her trouble. She's having trouble with her lungs. She's having trouble with her mind. She's having trouble with fear and anxiety and weakness and all kinds of things. And we just want to remind you, Michelle, that you are fearlessly, sorry, fearfully and wonderfully made. We're going to pray for you. God, please put your hand on our sister Michelle today and help calm her anxious thoughts. Help change her mind, Father, and heal her body and give her comfort and strength and minister to her. And let all the ears that are hearing this episode Join me in prayer right now for her and send out healing energy from you, Father. You can heal her. You made her. You created her designed body, and you can help her. And everyone who's listening with any type of issue, Father, in their life, whether it's health or strain or stress or or trouble, we pray your healing touch on them today, that you would lift them up and turn them towards you, comfort them, strengthen them, encourage them for the journey ahead. And may these words that Steve and Howard give us today encourage us and help us to see the incredible thing that you've done in our body bodies and giving us our bodies and created them and how remarkable it is that we're alive and here to worship you father in jesus name we pray amen listen friend you can't change your life until you change your mind and learning about your designed body will help you do that it's going to encourage you it's going to help you and most of all it's going to give you some insight into some things that you may not have ever even thought about about how remarkable you are ...as a created being in God's image. It's a remarkable and fun conversation about a tremendous book, and I hope you enjoy it. I hope you go read it. And most of all, I hope you remember that you can start today.
1: Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith, and everything starts to make sense. That place is called Self-Brain Surgery. You can learn it, and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is, you can start today.
0: Please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. Well, friend, we're back. I'm very excited to introduce you to two new friends today. I've got Dr. Howard Glixman and Steve Loffman here with me on Zoom today to talk about their incredible book, Your Designed Body. Welcome, gentlemen.
2: Thanks for having us, Lee. Good to be here.
0: It's so good to have you. And uh, you guys are in different parts of the country. Howard, you are in? The Tampa Bay area, Florida. Tampa Bay, Florida. And Steve's in Colorado, close to Boulder, right? Yep, that's right. That's great. So give us um, just a little bit of background on each of you so so the listener knows kind of who they're listening to here as we talk. Tell
2: us a little bit about yourselves. So I'm Howard Glicksman. I'm originally from Canada. I'm a physician trained up there, but moved down to Florida about 40 years ago. I had a, I'm a general practitioner. I had a regular office uh, hospital practice, and then uh, moved in and started doing hospice. Um, since then, I moved down into the Tampa Bay area, and I've um, I specialize basically in seeing patients that, on hospice that may fall through the cracks, maybe have complicated medical conditions that maybe you know can be improved. Um, that's what I do for a living, day to day.
1: Wow. Uh, I am uh, a computer... My name is Steve Luffman. I'm a computer scientist by training. Uh, For the last 20 years or 25 years, I've been a consultant in enterprise architecture, systems engineering. Um, So the design and modification of large-scale systems of systems. So typically, I'll be dealing with thousands of systems uh, at a corporation or government agency.
0: Wow. And so... The the idea that you two guys came together to write this book is is fascinating to me, and we'll get to why you did that in a little bit. But just give us a, a – a, I watched one of your videos that cracked me up. It was really one of the ones that made me reach out to talk to you. Is it, it was about all the different ways that you can die and how few ways that you can live. Like talk talk us through that for a minute. I think the listener might be surprised to hear your perspective on that.
2: Well yeah, when I when I started writing about uh I, I was the first starting writing about how the body works and later on, as you may we may bring up that Steve read some of my writing, but my my thinking was that uh Darwinism is basically you know a thought experiment. Yeah. and uh and if that thought experiment fails, then it's when, when life dies. Okay. So there's so as a physician, especially a hospice physician who has to often talk to patients who ask me, like, how am I gonna die, what's gonna happen, etc. Realize as physicians, like mechanics, you know, there's different ways a car can die. We know there's many different ways that a body can die. So you don't have enough oxygen. You don't have enough sugar. Your, your potassium or sodium are out of whack. Uh, your blood pressure isn't exactly right, you know, and, and a calcium level, all those sort of things. So uh, that's that was the way I wrote, started to write about how the body works, uh, which involved control mechanisms and set points. You know, the body somehow knowing what level you need to have at a certain point. And reacting in the right way, etc. So that's that's uh, that's how I wrote.
0: Wow! Now, before we move on, like you said, Darwinism is a is an hypothesis. Um, I think for the average listener out there, we, we're sort of we're sort of brought up in our, especially American educational system, to not know that Darwinism isn't is a hypothesis. Like, what 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 do you exactly mean by that? Unpack that a little bit for us. You, Steve. Uh, all
1: right so uh Darwin uh Darwin uh tried to apply um his experience with animal breeding yeah. to uh to uh the history of life and uh he made a number of errors but um he he tr- he tried to do something uh profound in in uh, his writing and that is he, he tried to explain how this could occur without a designer. So he explicitly tried to get rid of any notion of a god or uh, some sort of transcendent uh, being involved in the process. So uh, in some sense, he tried to continue his grandfather's experiment. His grandfather was Erasmus Darwin. Right. who uh was a friend of uh, Mary Shelley's, who wrote Frankenstein right has, about re matter? Sure. yeah
0: yeah,
1: so the, there was this hypothesis at the time that matter could be animated and uh and so Darwin was trying to find a way to to achieve that without uh resorting to a need for God so in that uh what we're trying to show in our book is that this is um this is just not just doesn't work. I mean, it's just not possible. And we, uh we have uh, roughly 18 chapters of discussion of the human body and to, to show how, what the, what we call the causal hurdles are. If you want to build something like this, you have to overcome these hurdles. And uh we, um, we make a number of hypotheses and, uh and explore how, how that could work and what, Darwin's mechanisms could do and what they could not do. And we propose an alternative hypothesis. So that's right. That's the nutshell version of the book.
0: I love it. You, you mentioned all these, these different things that have to precisely come together in exactly the right way. And, and a good example is our blood chemistry. Like if, if a little bit of there's excess sodium or not enough potassium or not enough receptors for those those cations or if if, if everything is not exactly right then life can't happen not only can it not continue but it can't start so how does that how does it get into the popular paradigm that this is all a fact that we've just evolved this way how did that how did it happen that it that the average person in the world is taught that this all came about through a series of incremental changes how did that how did that get Out there as a popular truth?
2: So that's a good question. And you know, I'm not really an expert of how all that happened. I mean, I think I start when I started writing, I noticed that uh, this difficulty. I mean, I realized that Darwin really didn't know how the body worked, but we do. And you know, it's sort of surprising that over time with DNA and and recognizing molecular biology and how the cell works and how the body works, that it, it continues to be a theory. A lot of times it's natural selection acting on random variation, but but the Darwinists and actually the, the uh, mainstream media sort of conflate uh, natural selection is actually it's doing something where natural selection does does not generate anything. It basically just uh, preserves whatever, you know, genetic mutation or random variation uh,
0: right.
2: uh, forms. So maybe I could just give you a quick, uh, you know, basically our book uh, and, and where we were both coming from in here, which is what's so important. We're looking at a systems view of life. Yeah. And really we provide information of how built in engineering in your body uh you know keeps you alive so what so the point of the, about the book is once you understand how life actually works uh you know this is the only way because people don't know this once you understand how life really works then you understand that Darwin was dead wrong because the laws of nature themselves do not cause life they actually cause death unless the unless life comes up with innovations to solve the hard problems the engineering problems that the laws of nature present and so you know we first look at the cell but then we jump into the body as a whole yeah. and um, what we as an example we we realize that to solve all these problems you have to have what's called coherent interdependent systems and right. and we and we concentrate on one particular problem in chapter 19 which is basically one just one of the millions of problems your body has to solve and that's getting enough oxygen to all the cells in the body all the time. And you recognize everyone says, well, to get oxygen, you need to bring oxygen in from the body and from this outside of the body and put it in your blood. So you need the respiratory system. But the respiratory system has, as we point out in the book, you know, several different parts made properly, connected properly, doing the job right. But that's not enough for it to do its job. And for the body to get the job done to get oxygen everywhere, you need other systems. So you need the bone marrow to make red blood cells to make the hemoglobin that can carry the oxygen, that's right. you need the gastrointestinal system, the GI system to bring in iron controlled by the liver to bring in the right amount of iron because too much iron is toxic. And and then the liver puts out transferrin, that's a special protein that carries the liver in the blood to the red blood, to the bone marrow, so the red blood cells can put that iron in the hemoglobin. And then at the end of the day, you need the cardiovascular system to send enough blood everywhere, you know, wherever the body needs it. So at rest you need a certain amount of blood somewhere, you know, in certain areas. But when you get active, the heart and the muscles need more blood. So all that's, those are all coherent intervented systems. And so you recognize immediately that the gradualism, Darwinism, grad, Darwinism's idea of gradualism fails because all these parts have to be in the right place, doing the right thing all at the right time. And then also that can natural selection on random variation bring all these parts together? So that's, and so our answer is no. We, and we give the reader, the point is we're providing information here. Okay? That's right. It's up to the reader to read this. And then we this opens the door for an alternative, th- you know, theory, which is what, what Steve uh, speaks about very well in the, in the chapter on what's called uh, the theory of biological design, and give them the opportunity to, you know, is yay or nay on that. And ideas have consequences. So at the end of the day, are we a cosmic accident, as evolution would say we are, or does the theory of biological design make more sense, and we've probably been created? So that's the the gist of what's in the book.
0: Right. I don't want to jump too fast to the answer before we, we suss out all oh, the problems first. I, I love it. And, and listener, I, I, I brought these two gentlemen here today. Now, guys, you, you don't know me yet, but my, the, the average listener of this podcast is, um, I started podcasting and writing. I'm a neurosurgeon. I started all of this after our son died in 2013, um, as a way to kind of process and, and help my family move through all that. And, and as a result of that, I've now written three books and I've done all this stuff, but but it I've, I've got a group of people around the world who sort of come to me as a way to talk about hard things and how to um, navigate those hard things in our life. And one of the things that they look for is hope. And so I think that understanding that some of the things that you're taught growing up about how life is just a, cold, hard, senseless universe and it sprang out of nowhere and it means nothing and and there's no, there's nothing after you're gone, I don't think that's very hopeful. And so as three scientists, three men of of fact and knowledge who also may be believers in something outside of ourselves, I think it would be helpful to get to a more hopeful posture if people understand that it's not actually the case that that is all settled science. And so when you started a while ago by saying – this idea that Darwin came to the theory of natural selection with a presupposition that there was nothing outside of the material universe—that's where the term materialism and naturalism came from, right? So these guys made a decision before they came up with their theory that nothing outside of the material universe was real, correct? Pretty much. Yeah. Right. So right. Right. Yeah,
1: we're we're not historians of science, but yeah, yeah that's right. uh, that's definitely where they were headed.
0: Right, basically. So so I just I, I brought you here to say that, like to to say that that it actually turns out that there's smart people who are looking at these big questions in different ways. And although the media doesn't usually talk about it, there's really smart people like these two gentlemen here that you're listening to today that are working on other ways to explain things that you don't have to turn your brain in at the door to believe. And so that's why, my friend, that I think this is a hopeful conversation that's going to get us to a place where you can actually grab onto something that's that's tangible that says we're not just – Flying along waiting for the end and it's all going to be lights out after that. There's, there's perhaps some hope that it's more than that and you can use your brain to get there. So with that in mind, let's talk a little bit about why you say, why'd you call your book? Why'd you call your book your designed body? Like wh- why are we not just a collection of random accidents and what's this design business all about that you're talking about? Well, I, th-
2: you know, it, this, this really comes from the original title was the design body. So we're already we've already we've you already know the reader already knows what we think. We're already you know we've already (laughs) said Yeah and then we're making it personal. Like exact exactly as what you said. Steve and I everything you're talking about, Steve and I have talked back and forth for the last five or six years about about giving hope and and, but but speaking from the truth i mean the important thing is yes you want to give people hope but every the first person everyone will tell you but is it the truth i mean is it reasonable that's right we just making this up is it you know and and what we're talking about in the book is is to explain to people this is the real science there's no question about what in the book this is there's it's irrefutable medicine physiology and it's irrefutable engineering yeah so there's no question about that the question is, that together, and we're going to leave the, let the reader make that decision for themselves. That's right. Yeah. In fact, we think
1: that this is the most important question any individual human can make, in fact, must make for themselves. Are you a cosmic accident, the result of purposeless forces that did not have you in mind because they don't have a mind, or mm-hmm. are you the result of of a supremely brilliant designer engineer and, and our conclusion is that your body your own body whether you like it or not whether you're happy and whether your knees make noise when you go up a, the stairs or not you know <laughs> whether your spleen is failing uh, due to old age but w- your body is essentially screaming at you that you are designed yeah and 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 the outcome of the of that question leads to completely opposite answers, completely opposite conclusions. So if you are designed and you are intended, then you will live your life very differently than if you believe you are an accident. And that's, I think that's where the hope is. Uh, Your body is telling you that you're designed. Maybe, maybe you should live as if you were designed as if you were intended
0: that's right I love it that's exactly right and and that's that's what I've been telling my listeners for years if I told my kids growing up it's it's not that common as a neurosurgeon um to be a believer in Jesus Christ it's not that common um it was it was a little bit hard on me at times um in my training to be a believer um, and it really got hard when uh, I lost my sons and I was like you have to you have to really face do you believe the things that you think you do if you want to find hope in them right are they really true or are they just Stuff you were raised to believe. And so I wanted to, I've been telling my listeners for years that it is not scientifically valid to start with a presupposition and then form a, form a theory and then test the theory and the theory doesn't seem to work. So you just re-engineer the theory to uphold the original supposition. That's not the scientific method. The scientific method is start with a hypoth- within with a question, make a hypothesis, test it. If it doesn't work out, change the question until you figure out what the answer is. Like, like solve it, but don't just say this is what the answer is and then keep trying to make the data prove the answer. You, you get to the answer by testing it over and over and over, right? And that's what Darwin and those guys did. They started with a statement. There's not a God. There's only material. And they won't even talk about it to this day. And Stephen Meyer's book about the return of the God hypothesis is showing us the reverse engineering of what's happening as we get more into quantum physics of how their quantum physics is teaching the physicists that there's a designer out there somewhere, right?
1: Yeah. And in fact, uh, I think it's kind of amazing that materialism the you know, the notion that the physical stuff, matter and energy, are the only real things uh, yeah. in the universe. But if you look at modern physics, it's not even clear that matter is um, real. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we're not exactly sure what matter actually is because it seems elusive. It it moves around. It changes. Uh, the more you, the closer you get to figuring out what it is, the more it changes. So i um, uh, we won't go into into you know quantum physics here but no. it's uh it's interesting that the their whole platform seems to be s- sort of shifting underneath them and and so I think uh Steve Meyer's book is kind of pointing at these uh, facts and and you know the the real science is really going back to where it was 300 years ago
0: that's right some of the yeah, early scientists
1: were i'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it's it's like the pendulum is swinging back. The early the early scientists were, were for the most part practicing Christians.
0: That's right, and they, they were using they, science as a way to explain all the great things that God did.
1: Yeah, if if uh, God is a reasonable God, then the universe made by God must be also be reasonable and approachable via rationality.
0: That's right. So so as we go through your book and and you just cover so much homeostasis and all these different systems in the body and and reader I can't um I can't encourage you enough to get it. In fact, we're going to give two copies of your design body away. The first two listeners to write in who have not received a book from the podcast in the past 12, 12 months. Um, we've had a few people that, that jump on it early and they're getting the books every time. So let's give somebody else a chance. So if you haven't received a book from the podcast in the last 12 months, write in Lee at drleewarren.com with your mailing address. We're going to give away two copies of this incredible book today, your design body by Steve and Howard. And you are going to learn so much from these two gentlemen. Um, and I'm excited about giving away two books. Lisa and I are grateful to do that and so um back to the story gentlemen there's there's a question about okay if you have this god who designs these great things how come so many of them are screwed up like like why are there birth defects and why are there trisomies and why are there stillbirths and what what's the deal with a, a designing god who would make all those mistakes what do you say about that
2: well that's that's a difficult question to answer um and and that really at, at the end of the day well when you set up a system as as people tell you any engineering system things can go things can go wrong but the uh at the end of the day when you have medical problems um this is where you have to look to faith at some point but you know the, really our perspective is the system in, in in general the system you know so it's easy to pick out little spots like you know you know the yugo wasn't a great car but it certainly yeah. was designed uh, we don't really have all the answers as to why these things happen. It's just part of, you know, part of life. Uh, I wish I had a, a better answer. You're probably better than, than I do, than I am, but I'm not sure that, that just because that happens that that shoves everything away of, of how life actually works. Um, mm-hmm. we, we, we deal with the, the bad design We hear about the bad design arguments that you can, you can maybe get choked if, you know, so the pharynx was, we got a problem with the pharynx because you could possibly choke to death. Yeah. Um, but they, but they never explained there's like 50 different muscles and they all have to be coordinated in the brainstem and all everything that has to be. And, and that the fact that you swallow a thousand times a day and you don't choke, you know, so right, that's right. And most of the time, most of the time it's just as due to degeneration or, or user abuse, you know, but these other things like try, you know, when you have a system set up, uh, like when you say trisomy, or you're having some sort of chromosomal genetic problem, uh, that that's, that's how this is I I
0: really
2: don't have an we don't have an
1: answer for that. I don't yeah. So so let, let me uh, turn the question just a little bit. Um uh and that and how, Howard's absolutely right here, but there's a much more interesting question underneath the question. So we know as engineers, in fact, we know as humans that everything degrades.
0: Yep.
1: Right? Everything falls apart. Um so a much more interesting question is how come anything ever goes right? Yeah. So how come you can be alive with 30s plus trillion cells that are all coordinating their activities together? How did that happen? So when something fails, uh, we know that things degrade, but humans have been around for a long time. So, how come they're still alive? How come they haven't degraded so much that no one's able to be alive anymore?
0: That's right. That's
1: a, that's a really fascinating question. So and one of the things our new theory of biological design is trying to address is still early times. We don't have answers for everything, but your body is amazingly good at being resilient, at making accurate copies, uh, making new humans is, um, is really a pretty remarkable thing to do, and uh, yeah. um, in fact, it's it's one of the two. Being alive and reproducing are the two hardest engineering problems in the known universe. Yeah. And interestingly, they're both prerequisites for Darwinism to do anything.
0: That's right.
1: <laughs> you have to do all the hard work first. Um, so that's one of the one of the main reasons we think that uh, you know, he, he's he was a swing and a mess. It's time to move
0: on. Yeah.
1: Let him go. It's time to find
0: a better theory. That's right. I, I think it's it's remarkable that, that you put it that way. Um I, I have a a theological contribution to the question, I think, is so first of all, nobody like you said with the Yugo, like your your Tesla breaks down, you don't say I don't believe in Elon Musk. I don't believe he exists. Exactly. It's it's a bad Tesla. Like nobody says that because they understand that machines break and and things happen. And and, and the same thing should be true of biology, except let me tell you, listener, biology is infinitely more complex and difficult to pull off in a way that can produce life than auto engineering is. Like it's infinitely more difficult to put together a system that reproduces itself, as Steve just said. And so, I think that it's it's a silly question almost to say if there's an accident of reproduction that that means there can't be a loving God. But I think the theological overlay of it is that if you believe that God created man, if you believe that, and if you believe that man sinned and fell and he said, okay, now you have to live in these bodies and they're going to degrade and they're going to die, then God would have to have made some design changes to those bodies that can produce decay and death over time. Otherwise, before, Adam and Eve were supposed to be in the garden forever, right? So, if you think about it from a biology standpoint, like oncogenes and tumor suppressor genes and all that kind of stuff probably weren't there in a body that was created to live eternally, right? I mean, I'm just making that up, but it seems reasonable to me if, we're, if we really believe that God said, okay, 70 years is going to be your lifespan. He had to do something to that created body that was designed to never die to make it then die as a result of the fall. And the beautiful thing about our faith is that we believe that he's going to give us back those perfectly designed bodies again in the future, right?
1: Yeah, in fact, <laughs>
0: uh,
1: we, part of our hypothesis is that death is designed into the life cycle of the human body. Yeah. It's it's not it doesn't occur merely because of degradation and uh abuse and whatever um but it's programmed aging there's a life cycle programmed from uh, conception through natural death and uh we I, I'm not aware that science has figured out where that's encoded or how it works but it appears to be the case. So that would be theologically perfectly consistent with um with the biblical account.
0: Yeah. So I just, <laughs> I wanted to have that conversation just to say, listener, like there is a, a valid reason for you to have hope in the things that you say that you believe. And you don't have to have this idea that science and faith are inseparable or are separated and enmity. There's an enmity between them or they had to be enemies because the fact is that there are, Lots of valid reasons to believe that we are designed. In fact, I think it's it's easier for me to believe that looking at the science and reading your book is is remarkable. It's much easier to believe that you're designed than that you were some sort of cosmic accident.
2: Well I just want to mention like like Steve said, you know, the question is why is anything alive and why isn't everything dead? But but when when we were writing this, we'd be back and forth with each other just saying, Isn't God amazing? I mean you know, just imagine ex- if you read the if you get the book and read it we, we hope we've we've tried to make it accessible to the non-science so the person who's just interested but if you look at all the parts everything is put together of how it works you should just be amazed at, at what God has given you um that's right. and then and then then it goes into the phil- philosophy and theology and like Steve said we're 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 not historical we don't do historical science we're just talking about we're just presenting the the science and the engineering was really out there and then let the people take it from there and then speak to people like you and and their their pastors etc to to uh to see what the significance of, of that is and this is this is the truth as opposed to the message there's something missing in the message that they're getting their the darwinistic perspective especially when it comes to um, uh control uh, it's just not there. They, they don't mention that you have to have a sensor and a, an integrator, or control logic and, and an effector to be able to control things, you know, and that's just left out of the equation.
0: That's right. I think it's beautifully written. Um Listener, this is a, a book that is written by two legitimate scientists and they've written a book that's accessible to everyone. I think your teenagers should read it. I think it should be read in college classrooms. It should be presented as an alternative way to think about how we got here and what we are. And, and so gentlemen, I, I applaud you for the work that you've done and I'm grateful uh, for the few minutes that we've had. So what, what, if you're going to leave someone with, with one idea that you want them to have from reading your work, um, what would it be? what's your one thing you want them to take away from from the work that you've done here
2: I would say not to listen to the, uh, the narrative that's out there right now to uh, but it requires some effort uh, to, to read our book uh, because I think I think it's very unique and you're not gonna I'm sorry to say but you're not going to find it anywhere else the way we've written this uh, that really right. explains at the accessible level to the average person a high schooler or early college and people in college or any, you know, adults that are interested that really explains how your body works. And, and that's, that's part of the reason why we say it's your design body. I mean, I know there's a lot of research, a lot of talk out there with at the molecular and cellular level and th- all those things are very important, but at the end of the day, for the average person, they can only, they, it's easier to relate to your own body. And when you yeah. recognize what's going on within you and you, and you, 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 you read about it and you see, Hey, I experienced that. And now I understand what's really going on. Uh, then I think it hits home uh a lot uh, a lot easier than the, whereas the other stuff is more abstract well it's happening somewhere in a petri dish or it's happening in a microscope or happening you know molecular cellular level yet yeah, it's 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 great but but I, I I experience this now I know what's going on when I look out you know when I look at a, 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 a horizon what's really going on in the eyes and and, yeah. I, and when I hear hear music what's really going on to, to, for me to be able to hear that and that's that should bring on hope and and we were created out of love for love right. and um i think that can help everybody uh, realize that they're not a cosmic accident they've been created by a loving god that's
0: right
1: yeah i i think uh, there's one other thing i'd like to uh suggest to your listeners and and that is um i i think in, in my own experience and in uh, the experience of quite a few of the people that i've talked to um People are sort of at a loss for how to respond to, uh, what they're continuously told. You watch a, a program on the Nature Channel or natural, uh, National Geographic Channel, and yeah. it's all Darwin, 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 evolution, evolution, evolution. And people are at a loss for how to respond to that. Right. So one of our goals in this book. Was to teach regular, non-technical, non-scientist people how to ask the right questions. If if uh, you have a, a student going into university who needs to do, uh, is going to have to grapple with these things and go toe to toe with a, a Ph.D. biologist who is going to try to Rip their faith out of the heart, essentially. uh, Then they needs they need to have some tools to work with, and we believe that our book uh, provides a set of tools, questions to ask that will help that professor realize that they don't really know the answers either. That's right. Uh, And I think that uh, that gives people some practical tools to uh to, to make these decisions to fight off the overwhelming onslaught of the weight of uh public pressure to buy into this um thought experiment that Darwin started and has been continued by quite a number of others. Um but which unlike Einstein's thought experiments, Darwin's have not played very well over over That's time.
0: Right. That's right. Be- beautifully brilliant as said said. Um, outstanding work on the book, gentlemen, and you've given us a tool that I think really will be helpful. Listener, uh, the book is Your Designed Body, Dr. Howard Glicksman and Steve Laughman, and it's a great look at the fact that you are incredibly, as Psalm 139 one says, fearfully and wonderfully made. And I want you to take this book and, and use it, teach your kids and your grandkids about it if you're a homeschooler put it in your homeschool association, get these kids ready for facing what they're going to face when they go to college. Outstanding job, gentlemen. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you. God bless you both. Thank you. Thanks for having us. God bless you. Wasn't that great? I love having guests like that on the show. And these guys have done such a wonderful job with this book. You're going to love it. It's very well written. It is intelligent. It is thoughtful. It is insightful. And I just, even me as a, as a practitioner of neurosurgery, for 23 years with a, with a summa cum laude degree in biochemistry, I learned a lot from these guys and things I had never thought about before and and understanding the, just the incredible um, uh, unlikely chain of events that we are as created and designed human bodies and how really hard it is to be alive and how easy it is to die and how many things have to go right for you to even breathe. Um, it's just remarkable. The book is... is um, Unusual. It's in. It's just delightful, and I think you'll enjoy it. It's. It's not an easy read per se, but it's definitely a, a worthwhile spending of your time. Okay, you need to spend some time. I'm always telling you, friend, forming yourself. Like the don't. Don't let the world form you into the shape that it wants you to. That's what Romans twelve two is all about. Don't be conformed to the world but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind And that's what my new book hope is the first dose is all about It's about how to learn To change your mind because you can't change your life until you change your mind You have to learn to think differently and it's important to think differently than you have or sometimes even just to start thinking about Things like your body. How did you get here? What does it mean when god says you're fearfully and wonderfully made? What does that mean Let's check it out. Check this book out, Your Design Body, and start thinking differently about how remarkable it is for you to be alive. So some of the things that you're dealing with, the challenges and strains and stresses, will start to become a little more bearable when you realize that even though some things may be going wrong, there are billions of things going right for you, my friend. It's a literal miracle that you were able to take the last breath that you took and the next one that you're going to take. It's a literal miracle that should bring awe and wonder back to your day. My friend Tommy Walker has an incredible song from his album, Living in the Wonder. It's the title track, Living in the Wonder. This book is, I'm sorry, this song that Tommy wrote years ago is all about learning how to re- rekindle that that awe of your life. And this book... Your designed body is going to help you do that too. So so I've given you the book. and Now I'm going to finish. with We'll play the outro music and the website links and all that. And then I'm going to bring Tommy's song, Living in the Wonder, back to you. And just for a minute, just spend some time and worship a little bit and give God some glory for the body that he's given you. Even the parts that aren't working well, even the parts that you're struggling with are still miraculous and unbelievable. And if you learn how to live in that fear and awe again, friend, you'll have some juice and some power that you didn't even know that you had to get through the hard parts of today. Love you. Praying for you. Lisa and I are pulling for you. Don't forget to order the book, July 18th, Hope is the First Dose releases and pre-orders help a lot. So wherever you buy books, check it out. Hope is the First Dose is coming July 18th and we need your help and support. So This book will make a difference in the world and help. lot of folks. And while you're at it, go ahead and get yourself a copy of Your Designed Body by Steve Loffman and Howard Glixman. It's worth your time. Listen, friend, it's Self-Brain Surgery Saturday. You can't change your life until you change your mind. I've given you a lot to think about today, and it's time to get after it. Thanks.
3: Is love so
4: Beginning and the end. The one who was dead, but now lives forevermore. And a day is coming, and nothing can stop it. When every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that he's the Lord. He's the king, he's the judge of all the earth. And even now, as we stand here, all of heaven is shouting out, Worthy is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So we say, who is like him? Who is like this guy? Surely there is none. There is none like you.